just as I am. Welcome to the Gospel Saves Podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. Please visit thegospelsaves.me. You can also visit The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And What does the Bible say about speaking in tongues? To begin, I'd like to look at an intriguing example from the book of Numbers. Then we'll think about what happened on the day of Pentecost and in the household of Cornelius. And then we'll wrap up by talking about Philip's experience as he preached the gospel in Samaria. Now, going back to the Old Testament, in Numbers chapter 11, verses 16 and 17, Moses is told by God to set aside 70 of the elders of the tribe of Israel. He says, Gather to me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tabernacle of meeting, that they may stand there with you. Then I will come down and talk with you there. I will take of the Spirit that is upon you, and will put the same upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you, that you may not bear it yourself alone. So God tells Moses to bring seventy elders to the tabernacle of meeting, and Moses is going to consecrate them for a special task. In particular, they were to help Moses bear the burden of leadership by judging various cases between Israelite neighbors. When they are consecrated, God promises to take of the spirit that is upon Moses and place that same spirit on the elders. So the same gift that was given to Moses will be distributed to these men. Now, the consecration happens a couple of verses later. In verses 24 and 25, Moses tells us that he went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tabernacle. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was upon him and placed the same upon the 70 elders, and it happened. When the spirit rested upon them, that they prophesied, although they never did so again. So as promised, the Lord took of the spirit that was on Moses and gave that same spirit to the elders. And we're told that when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied. Judging by the context, the gift of prophecy was a sign to show that the spirit had indeed been given to these men. And because the sign was for that purpose, it was a temporary effect. Moses tells us they never prophesied again. So the giving of the Spirit was accompanied by a sign which confirmed the giving of the Spirit. Now, what does this have to do with speaking in tongues? Well, even though speaking in tongues is not mentioned in this passage, there is a principle established, a principle that I believe is echoed when we get to the New Testament. Now, there's a couple of other interesting details about Numbers chapter 11, but let's jump over to Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, Luke tells us, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
So on the Sunday, 50 days after the Passover on which Jesus was crucified, the apostles were all gathered together in one place. And while they were gathered together, the Spirit fell upon them, and they began to speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues is just another way of saying speaking in a foreign language. These were languages that the apostles, as native Galileans, would not have known. They were speaking tongues they had never studied, never practiced. They were speaking them for the first time and doing so miraculously. We go on to learn that the sound of the mighty rushing wind gathered a crowd. They heard the apostles speaking in languages from every corner of the Roman Empire, and the crowd wonders what is going on. Peter stands up with the rest of the apostles and informs the crowd that they have witnessed the fulfillment of a prophecy given in the book of Joel, specifically that God would pour out his Spirit. Peter goes on to declare Jesus has risen from the dead, and upon taking his seat at the right hand of God, Jesus poured out the Spirit. Now, how do the multitudes know that the Spirit has been poured out? Well, according to Acts chapter 2, verse 33, this is Peter speaking, Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this, which you now see and hear. The speaking in tongues witnessed by the multitudes was evidence of God pouring out his Spirit. Or to put it another way, just like the elders in the time of Moses prophesied when they received the Spirit, so too the apostles spoke in new languages upon receiving the Spirit. So this speaking in tongues was a sign that the Spirit had been poured out. Now this is echoed in the 10th chapter of Acts, verses 44 through 46. In that passage, we find Peter preaching the gospel to the household of Cornelius. Cornelius is a Gentile. And as far as we can tell, this was the first time the gospel was preached to the Gentiles. In fact, it's very clear from Acts chapters 10 and 11 that the Jews had not shared the good news of Jesus with anyone. The Jews that believed that Jesus was the Messiah, they had not shared that good news with any Gentiles prior to this point. Now, when Peter was speaking, we're told in verse 44 that the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those Jews who accompanied Peter to the house of Cornelius were astonished. They were astonished because they heard the Gentiles speak with tongues and magnify God, verse 46. Now in chapter 11, Peter goes back to his companions, and the Jews have heard that Peter was interacting with Gentiles, and they want to know, what's up? What's going on, Peter? Why were you eating with Gentiles? Why were you associating with Gentiles? As he's recounting this incident, he acknowledges the speaking in tongues to be a sign from God. If you look at Acts chapter 11, verses 15 through 17, Peter asserts that this sign of speaking in tongues was a sign from God, and those who heard his testimony agreed. In verse number 18, Luke tells us, When they heard these things, they became silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. So Peter and his fellow Jewish believers interpreted the speaking in tongues as a sign that God had welcomed the Gentiles to receive salvation. So these two incidents in the book of Acts indicate that tongues were interpreted as a sign that the Holy Spirit had been poured out, 
first on the apostles, then upon the Gentiles of Cornelius's house. So the speaking in tongues was a sign, a sign that the Spirit had been poured out. Philip's encounters in Samaria give us a little bit more information about this gift, this gift of speaking in tongues. In Acts chapter 8, we see Saul, who would later become Paul, we see Saul beginning to lead the first major persecution against the church. And the church scatters in every direction, and as they go their way, they are preaching the gospel of Jesus. Included in this group was the man we know as Philip. Philip is the first one to preach Jesus risen from the dead in Samaria. And the Samaritans, who are part Jewish, receive him very gladly. You might remember Jesus when he talked with the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4, how warmly Jesus was received by the Samaritans. And it appears to me that Philip was given that same welcome. They were very glad to hear the message of salvation in Jesus Christ. Now, while he's among them, Philip not only preaches the gospel, but he is also able to perform exorcisms as well as healings. Specifically, it's mentioned that he heals the paralyzed and those who could not walk. Among those who met Philip was a man named Simon, who practiced sorcery. Luke tells us that Simon believed at the preaching of Philip and that he, along with many other men and women, was baptized. So many believed in Jesus at the preaching of Philip and were baptized for the remission of sins. Now, word of what was happening in Samaria reached the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and the apostles in Jerusalem dispatched Peter and John to go up to Samaria to see what was going on. Luke tells us in Acts chapter 8, verses 15 through 17, that upon arriving, Peter and John prayed for the Samaritan believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus." Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Notice the Samaritans believed and were baptized, but did not receive the Holy Spirit until the apostles, Peter and John, laid their hands on the believers. The aforementioned Simon saw Peter and John do this very thing. He saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. And he offers money to purchase the gift of being able to give the Holy Spirit to anyone. So the apostles laid their hands on believers in Jesus and were able to give them the Holy Spirit. Now, what exactly that means isn't clarified until we get to Acts chapter 19. In Acts chapter 19, Paul finds disciples in Ephesus and discovers that they have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So he rebaptizes them. When they had received the correct baptism, Paul lays his hands on them And the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. As in the case with Peter and John in Samaria, Paul laid his hands on newly baptized believers, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues. And what does the speaking in tongues signify? It signifies that the Holy Spirit has been given. The miraculous manifestation of the Spirit has been given. So speaking in tongues was a sign that believers had received miraculous powers from the Holy Spirit through the laying of the apostles' hands. So what does the Bible say about speaking in tongues? Well, like the elders and numbers who prophesied upon receiving the Spirit, tongues were a sign that believers in God had received the Holy Spirit. 
Speaking in tongues signaled the apostles had received the Holy Spirit and that God had opened the door for salvation to the Gentiles of Cornelius' household. The apostles could pass along this gift by laying their hands on baptized believers. Peter, John, and Paul all demonstrate this gift was not given independently of the apostles, and that's the key point. This is the crucial point. Nowhere in the New Testament do we find the gift of tongues given without either an apostle present or in a situation where an apostle has not visited. Therefore, I conclude, since apostles are no longer with us, since their purpose and role in the church was fulfilled, and all that we have of them remains just in what they wrote and left for us, since there are not apostles living among us, I conclude that the gift of speaking in tongues has passed away. If the gift of tongues was only given when an apostle was present or where he had been in the past, we cannot conclude that it's given through any other means. The Holy Spirit gave this gift through the laying on of the apostles' hands. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will.